In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. In the Lab time is right now Drew Doherty and John Harris after a win. You know, when we started this podcast, I believe in 2018, the Texans were doing a lot of winning. They won nine in a row and they would ultimately win 11. And so we would kind of dive deep into numbers and stuff and get nerdy and it's good to be with you. So let's get nerdy, John. Yeah. We know about the takeaways. You don't have to go too far into that. Ten in the last two games, five in the last one, zero turnovers. Huge. That's I mean, that's the main reason you win. Here's some other reasons, though. You're victorious. Okay. One quarterback hit total, zero sacks. Now, David Culley explained some of that away as, hey, we ran the ball 30-plus times. You know, we, we had 38 rush attempts. So when you're running, you're not going to expose your quarterback to hits. But even then... After what we saw at Miami, John, just a total inability to handle the blitz by everyone involved, quarterback, offensive line, running back. I mean, everybody was culpable in that. You know, he got hit nine times. He got sacked five times in that one to do a complete 180 the way they did against a nasty defensive front in that trio of Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, and uh, Danico Autry. And I think Jeffrey Simmons is becoming one of the elite not just defenders and not just defensive, elite players in the game. Yep. He's going to be a pain in the ass for years to come for the Texans, yeah. for everybody in this division. To do what they did, I don't think has been said enough or emphasized enough. Zero sacks, one quarterback hit. You kept your quarterback clean, man. The irony in some sense was, if you think back three years, we played them 2018 week two. We had gone to New England and yeah. stepped all over ourselves, fumbled in the first play of the game, mm-hmm. lost the game by seven, really frustrated. <clears throat> Went week two to Tennessee had Will Fuller back. And Fuller and Hopkins were unbelievable in that game. But Blaine Gabbert started for the Titans. They were without their two tackles, Luan and Conklin. And it was like, we should hammer these dudes. Well, they went wildcat with Derrick Henry. They gave Gabbert quick squeeze quick screen throws he didn't hold the ball long they moved the pocket a little bit and I remembered distinctly after the game somebody asked JJ Watt JJ was coming off the two years of injury in 16 17 hey you didn't get a sack today so what's up with that and I wanted literally (laughs) at that point to jump into the media crowd and just go ballistic on somebody because I'm watching it going hey they did everything possible to have Blaine Gabbert not hold the ball and oh by the way they had the lead for most of the game. Yeah. So we were chasing, and they could just stick to that particular game plan for as long as possible. That was they never... the fake punt, the fake punt touchdown that gave yes. kind of gave yes. them a cushion, you know? And they gave them a cushion, and they scored a little bit later, and they had that cushion throughout the game. So they never had to, you know, break the glass, you know, in you know, case of emergency. They never had to. And meaning they would have taken Gabbard and have to drop him back and give JJ and everybody an opportunity to get there. So I remembered that. Well, after the game, it's exactly what Mike Vrabel said. He didn't mention 2018, but the way he talked about it was the exact, almost the exact same comment that JJ made after that game in 2018. Like, look, they moved the pocket. They got a lead. They really didn't have to hold the ball that long. And that, that's true. That, that is true. They, they got in that position. But they also established in the first half 
a, a few drives and then they were opportunistic. But the fact that Tyrod didn't take any sacks now, he took some hits because he ran the ball and made a couple of, of really nice decisions running the ball. But even on the second touchdown in particular, it's not blocked horribly. Tyrod just saw an opportunity. To, he could get outside of Simmons. And then once he got outside, he had vision and he also had the opportunity to turn that into a dual threat play of I can throw this or I can run it. And he decided to run it. But he could have stepped up in the pocket and found something. Um, he just didn't – he really didn't – he didn't have to because he gave himself options by getting outside the pocket. So point being, I thought it was pretty good. Look, it's, it's a step in the right direction, especially against a group that has been so dynamic. And I saw Paul Karski, who covers the Titans from Nashville and does a, a whale of a job. He tweeted this out that the Titans have 100 – going into the game, they had 100-plus quarterback pressures. Mm-hmm. It was second in the NFL, second in the NFL. And they got just one hit, and it wasn't anybody up front. It was Elijah Molden. The safety who that's had remarkable. to come on a blitz. That's yeah, remarkable. That, it's crazy to think about. So that that progress is exactly what it is. It's progress, and that's that's what you want to see. Look, they're not smashing people in the mouth. The run game, running for two fifty or or even you know hundred at that point, but they're at least holding their own from a pass protection standpoint that week when they didn't see a bunch of zero blitz and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it turned out to be pretty solid performance for that group up front. Yeah, and listen, we're not acting like the Texans just won the Super Bowl, but no. on the same hand, a lot of people have just been like, oh, well, they turned the ball over five times. They had everybody injured. Well, you know what? Those three guys weren't injured, and those three yeah. guys didn't didn't do really much of anything. And think about it. Your only guy who started the season that was playing offensive line as a starter on this offensive line was Titus Howard. Everybody else was yep. either backups or Jimmy Morrissey was a, a Raider this time a month ago, and he's an undrafted yep. rookie, so – I can't overstate enough how big a deal that was that they did not let him get hit. Drew, I want to tell you this quick story and tell our listeners this quick story. So I'm in the, I'm in the corner of the locker room, like way away from everybody. And I'm, I'm waiting. I was about to get Kamu Grugia Hill for my post-game interview and for our one-on-one. And then Omar was like, hey, wait a second. Can I send him to the, to the media podium? They're to the podium with the media, and then he'll come back to you. I said, yeah, no problem. I mean, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I, I'd already changed my clothes. I was dry. I, was, I felt okay. Plus, we got the win. I was like, I'll wait. Well, as I was waiting, Jimmy turned the corner where we were. And I was kind of back in the corner where all of our, our film guys are, Timmy Brog and, and Tommy uh, and Jack and all those guys, all the film guys. And, man, it, it, it's, I, it's a peek behind a curtain I wish everybody could see. You're talking about Jack Benitez? Jack, Jack Benitez. They sit there, and I swear, there's like, there's like five of them and they're at their computers and they look, I mean, if you saw them, you'd be like, Oh my God, those are the guys from the freaking social network, just coding and going on. (laughs) And what they're doing is they're, they're, they're downloading all their clips of the game so they can get them on the surfaces or on the iPads, however the, the, the coaches want to see them. And so Jimmy walks around a corner. Now granted, he's been here for a month, maybe he's around a corner and he sees Timmy Brog, who is the director of that group. And they kind of start kind of needling each other. And Jimmy finally says, but no, seriously, can I, can I have my iPad for the, for the plane home? And he's, yeah, yeah, we're downloading it right now. We're downloading it right now. He goes, we'll find you. We'll find you and give it to you on the plane. And I was like, there's a rookie, there's a rookie, mind you. That's awesome. He's been here for a month and he's asking if he can have his iPad so he can watch the game on the way home. And I was like, sign Pretty me cool. up. You know I mean? Those, those are the things that you, you know, I, I just I just love loved seeing a rookie. And and look, we, we've talked about it all, all year. Like, where does your where's your hope come from? 
You know, where do you feel? You know, where do you find hope when you're losing eight in a row? You still want to have hope that, okay, it can get turned around. And then you see a, a hardworking, smart guy like that. And I've told the story, I think I told it maybe a couple weeks ago about the senior role. I had actually, oh, yeah, he flew in. Yeah. 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 He flew in or didn't even fly in. He was in Pensacola. He drove in. Oh, He'd yeah. been working on Pensacola and they just called him and said, look, can you get here? Yeah, I'll be there. He got there. He learned the offense. He was playing the game on Saturday and there were no mistakes or anything big. I mean, Jim Nagy, the senior director of the, the senior role was like, man, we, we've rarely had a situation like that, but we had to rely on Jimmy Morrissey. So that's the kind of thing you want to see in a guy, but you also want to see that translate on the field. It's a good quality play. And I think with Jimmy, I think you're, I think you're seeing that. No doubt. Okay. Now, second little thing, and this is, this is not nitpicky, but I think it, it needs to get recognized and he needs to get recognized. Now you could, you could quibble with whether he should be punting or not, or whether the Texans should be going for it or not, or whether the Texans should be kicking a field yeah. goal or not. But yeah. when he was sent out there to punt, Cameron Johnston punted seven times. All right. I'm to the point now where I don't even look at averaging. I don't look at net. I don't look at gross. You know, I look at, I look at the IN20. That means inside the 20, because what do you right. want your punter to do? You want your punter to pin them back as far as you can. So I look over and I see Cam Johnson, seven punts, 307 yards. Who cares about that? Who cares about average? Who cares about net? Who cares about touchbacks? Seven punts, five inside the 20. Really good. Now, well, well, hey, that's that's pretty good. It seems like he's been doing a good job. What's he, what's he done all season in that regard? So I go over to the stats. The league leader with the most punts inside the 20 this year is the great Michael Dixon, MVP of the Texas Bowl that UT yep. won here against Missouri a few years back. You and I were there. Yep. We talked about it. He's got yep. 27 of his 54 punts this season. They've landed inside the opponent's 20 or been down inside the opponent's 20 yard line. That's pretty good. Yeah. 27 to 54. Okay. So second with 25 punts inside the 20 out of 55 punts. So for 45%, because I did do that math, Cameron yeah. Johnson. So he's having a pretty darn good year. Now the gold standard Texans wise, and that comes from 2019. And that's Brian anger. He had 53% yeah. of his punts get down Ooh. inside the 20. And he didn't have to punt as much because the Texans were a little right. bit better back then. But Cameron Johnson, he he did did what he needed to do the other day. And one of his punts tangled up Chester Rogers and it wound up causing an error on Chester Rogers and fumbled it. And the Texans capitalized off that. But Cameron Johnson has done a good job, not just this season, but especially, John, on Sunday when it was rainy. You really did have to play the field position game. And it was good to have a guy who can get it done the way he did. And kudos also to the rest of that coverage team. AJ yep. Moore, goodness gracious. AJ Moore was awesome. Looked like the AJ Moore of 2018 when he was he and Buddy Howe were down there every single play, yeah. it seemed like. So kudos to Frank Ross and his crew. Frank Ross, special teams coordinator, they did a great job. And Cameron Johnson, especially getting all those punts down inside the 20, making them go the length of the field, which they didn't really get a chance to do much of. And this is gonna sound sort of odd, but Cam caught the ball. I mean, in, in a in a driving rainstorm, the kicker, the kicker and punter balls are different. Balls you see normally in the game are a darker brown because those balls have been scrubbed and what oiled. I mean, every, every team has, every team's quarterback wants it kind of the same way, but the punter kicker balls are almost right out of the box. So they're a little bit lighter colored. Every time that we punt it, I'm like, oh man, that ball is it, kind of slick. I mean, it's it's got a kind of a, a little bit of a tackified surface, but if it gets wet, it gets that, that's that much slicker. And Cam never dropped one. And then the, yeah. the punt that he dropped on Chester Rogers that hit Chester's foot 
I'd actually gone back there because that ball was about the 35, 36 yard line. So I was thinking there might be a field goal. I just in case I didn't yeah. think he, I didn't think coach would do it, but Kaimi had actually walked out on a field. And so I thought maybe, so I, I ran over there, got behind a goalpost camp came out and I started to walk back over. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to get all the way back over the sideline. I'm just going to watch this play from back of the end zone. I was standing drew almost right in line with Chester. So I'm watching that ball come down. I see it. I mean, I'm like, 10 feet away from it. I mean, I'm really close. And immediately I yell in the mic, it hit him because I could see it hit his foot. <laughs> and I mean, just beautifully. And then Tremont came sliding in, got on it. And I mean, it was, it was such a big play, but, but the big part of that you mentioned was AJ Moore. AJ Moore had gotten down there and AJ Moore was going to situate for about the goal line to kind of play like a goalie, kind of keep right. the ball in front going in the end zone. And so as he was doing that, Chester Rogers felt like he had to distract him. That's why Rodgers didn't get out of the way of the ball because he was distract, trying to distract AJ and then realized, man, I got to get out of here. Well, he was too late. And as he was too late, that ball came down, hit him in the foot as he kind of slipped on the turf. And then obviously the rest is history. But you're right. Special teams, although Kaimi missed the extra point, but he hit that big field goal at the end. He had a couple of field goals prior to that he nailed. Kickoff coverage was pretty good for the most part. Um, you know, they, you know, and I wanted to make sure to say this as it pertains to special teams too. Tavier Thomas had, four total tackles mm, that's a lot and then he had five tackles on defense so he had five defense four special teams end up with nine tackles Tavier thomas i said it to mark during the game um and if you listen to the broadcast you hear mark say something about Tavier thomas and that's because i just i like basically yelled it in his ear that he needed he was talking about some guys that played well and i mentioned like right in his ear and he's like yeah Tavier thomas had a strong game as well you know kind of just basically saying what i but nine tackles four special teams five defense he was a big factor as well he I talked to him earlier in, in training camp, you know, back in August, and it was just, it was really interesting to listen to him talk about special teams, how much pride he takes in playing on special teams. And now he's doing on defense too. 37, Tavier Thomas has done a really nice job. Yeah. You know, Cam Johnson, when I interviewed him in, in training camp, I said, Hey, money aside, you know, what made you want to come here? And he said, Oh, the gunners, you know, I talked about it with yeah. Frank Ross when they were kind of not recruiting, but could try to convince me to yeah. come here. And he, he was just so enthusiastic about all the guys that were going to gun for him. And I think back yeah. then you had Keon Cross and you still had AJ Moore, Tavier Thomas right. obviously is doing what he's doing. So, yeah, you know, it's, it was a, a pretty good sales job there. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> money, but yeah, as far as the other stuff, that was pretty cool. And it's, yeah. It the paid off. And it, helped the it helped the Texans win. It helped the Texans yeah. win on Sunday. No doubt. It was funny on Saturday. We're telling you, know, we're getting ready to take off. So we're all here at the facility, getting ready to get on the bus to go. And so I go into the cafeteria to go get a drink of water. And I see he's sitting next to one of our football ops guys, Grant, and they're, they're on the big screen in the cafeteria. He's got Ohio State and Michigan State. And in my, in my mind, I was like, watch this. I walked by and I got close and I was like, go Sparty. And he turned and he was like, what did you and i said i'm just kidding man and he's like oh okay all right <laughs> and so i was just like i thought about him as ohio state was housing michigan state and how excited that he had to be so it was a good weekend for cam johnson for sure no doubt good weekend for us always good because uh the texans won and also shout out to young robert doherty they played in the tully bowl his flag football team the colts and young Robert was a flag pulling son of a gun, had a bunch of sacks, a bunch of TFLs. I love it. Yeah. And the Colts were victorious. They won their Tully Bowl. So I'm very proud of them. Their season's finished. And he had a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. It was a good, it was a good, good weekend. It was, at, and it was played at 11 15. So there was no chance whatsoever that I could actually go to it because I had to, I was live with DP. Yeah. yeah the pregame. Yeah. It had been an hour. 
earlier or later. I could have yeah, yeah. snuck away and gone, but I couldn't go. But I got lots of videos, lots of photos, and we're all proud of Robert yeah, and the Colts. Awesome. Yeah. They had a great that's year. That's awesome. Great team. They had good coaches too. Good guys. That might be the best news I've gotten all day, Drew. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'll have to get you out to a game next year. You'd have fun. It's, uh, it's I love watching. Stuff. Yeah. Any level of ball, man. I, lo I love watching. And you see the joy on kids' faces and they make a play. And, you know, there's, I mean, at that point, they, they're just playing ball and they're playing with their friends. And, but, but you do see, you do see the competitiveness in some of the kids that are, you know, really get into it and understand what's happening. And that's the key, the understanding, really, really cool. like knowing yeah. where to, yeah. Cause that's some neat. of them are kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. they're there for the ride, but. Uh, right, right. Where's the snow cone after the game exactly. sort of thing. But I got a feeling that uh, Robert Doherty is not looking at it that way. No, he's, he's pretty, I'm proud of him. He did a good job. And his little brother Oliver's already chomping at the bit to play next year. <laughs> he's got big plans too. So we'll see that. We'll talk about competitive, but. All right, it was a good weekend. It's fun times. Let's do this again next week. Sound good? Sounds good, man. Happy Thanksgiving to you, by the way. To you and everyone else out there. Uh, Y'all have a good weekend.